Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first episode of the Cricket Ultras podcast. My name is Arun Sunaman, and I'm joined today by Cricket Ultras co-host Darren Burns. Darren, it's a pleasure and an honour to be with you here in Beijing. It really is, Arun. It's um, we're sitting in uh, Beijing, which is obviously one of the cricket meccas of the world. Yeah. Um, there actually is cricket going on here. Uh, and this week we might talk about the pollution in Delhi, and there's something we can definitely link towards that. So yeah, no, I think it, it makes a lot of sense to do a cricket podcast here in, you know, one of the world's most polluted cities, uh, just when the uh, the Indian cricket team is uh, is dismissing the effects of pollution on rival teams. In fact, perhaps even suggesting that pollution helps them play better, gives them some sort of superhuman strength, and that <laughs> anyone who suggests otherwise. Uh, must be making it up, but we can we can talk about that a little bit later on. So this is episode one. We should say this is um, a new podcast. It is uh, we have uh, no particular mission statement for for cricket ultras. It is for cricket fans, by cricket fans, with cricket fans. But the goal is really to just talk about cricket on a regular basis. And we promise we won't have any former players on the show. We promise that. Are we already going to promise that? Okay, right. All right. Well, there we go. We're not promising that at all. <laughs> no, no. We may, we may try and get some, some former players, on the show. I mean, we'll see how it develops. Uh, we, we don't actually have to thank anyone. Um, so obviously, as you know, I do another podcast, um, called the Echo Chamber, and on that one, I, 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 I always have to start off by thanking sponsors and production partners. Um, we have no sponsors. Uh, and we have no, no production partner. So I don't have to thank anyone, although, of course, no doubt sponsors will be beating a path um, to us. Yeah, soon. we should say yet. Yes, yet. Okay. no sponsors yet. So where do we start? There's a lot to talk about. There really is. In the cricket world. Let's start with, of course, the, um, the, 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 the biggest series, the, the, the most historic series, the one that everyone is watching, India v Sri Lanka. Let's go. I thought you were going to start with the Ashes, but let's yeah. <laughs> India v Sri Lanka. Yeah. Well, wow. again, it's it's been pretty boring cricket, hasn't it, Arun? I know you won't agree with that, but Kohli scoring a double, double, double hundred. You mentioned to me that he's scored almost 3,000 runs this calendar year in all formats. I um, mean, he's just a legend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think India keep going from strength to strength, especially in those conditions. Uh, it looks like they might wipe the floor again with Sri Lanka as we speak. Um, but he's just a phenomenon. I think, um, you know, we talked about it before the show. I think... Smith and Coley are really pulling away from the pack this year uh, as far as batting goes, and I think they're really showing their class. Both of them average 70, 70 yeah. as skippers. It's phenomenal. Yeah. It's almost Bradman-esque, and I think it's, it's amazing. Now, the pollution incident, I thought, was quite interesting. Yeah. I thought that, you know, we play with masks sometimes in, in China. You know, I play in Shanghai. We sometimes wear masks. Oh, do you? Oh, yeah. And um, you always got something to blame the next day when you feel sick. It wasn't the beer. It was, you know, it was the, it was the pollution. And, you know, it does have an effect. I remember playing at a tournament in Beijing, and I think it was 300 AQI, and we were really sick the next day. It really has an effect when you're running and, and like an athlete that we were, steaming into bowl from your 10-yard run-up. It really has an impact. <laughs> and for those elite athletes, I think it's going to be very tough to be in the field all day running into bowl. And I think the ICC really needs to take action. There's got to be some action about it. They've got to make a rule about it and get people off and not playing in those conditions. Yeah, it's an it was, outrage, Arun. Out, yeah, we are. Yes, outraged of Beijing. Um, it it was a it was really surreal actually to see the Sri Lankan players vomiting on the field, wearing uh, masks. You know, I live in Hong Kong where a lot of people wear masks. The pollution is bad. It's nowhere near as bad as um, 
as, as either Beijing or Shanghai or, or indeed New Delhi. Um, but what I thought was even more weird was just the fact that you then had the, um, the, the Indian, m- many people from the Indian team, of course, Sarah Ganguly never slowed to make his views known on, on any issue, basically suggesting that the Sri Lankans, you know, they weren't wearing masks while they were batting. So uh, that clearly this, this had some relevance to the fact that, mm. that uh, they, they were so sick uh, when they were bowling. You know, the Sri Lankans couldn't put 11 players out at one point, uh, but there were aspersions. Aspersions were, were, were cast upon their motives by many on the Indian mm. side. And I felt um, even more so than the pollution that left a, that left a bitter taste in the mouth. Um, boom, boom. Yeah. Acidic, a little bit acidic, maybe. Yeah. Is that is that the uh, that's the prevailing Shanghai taste? I think that's yeah. I think it's outrageous, and I mean, I think if you looked on that at that show, and I, I felt for the players, and I think they have to do something about it. To be honest, um, mm. yeah. I mean, I saw today. Was it today? Or was it yesterday? Shikhar Dhawan, the Indian. Um, Opener, you know, I think yesterday Mohammed Shami actually, the Indian bowler, vomited on the field. So even an Indian, yes, vomited on the field. And and, and I think Mohammed Shami is, um, you know, he's played a lot of Delhi, so he knows the conditions there well. Um, and Mah- uh, Mohammed Shami is one of the fittest guys in that team, right? I would uh, hazard a guess at. Yeah, yeah, and you know, he runs in all day long, bowled very well, but even he was vomiting. And Shikhar Dhawan, um, you know, he he accepted in the press conference that. That perhaps the, the Sri Lankan concerns about pollution uh, weren't made up. I think that, that was the exact wording. Yeah, I, I think the whole the whole the whole way to try to fra- frame it as a kind of macho issue, I think, is just ridiculous. I mean, if, you know, if you're a man, if you can play in the pollution, if you're not, you're you know, you're not a man. So I think that's kind of a ridiculous. Yeah, what are we teaching way. the kids, Darren? Really? Totally, really, <laughs> like sledging. <laughs> just turn the stop microphone down. Well, that's. I mean, okay. So I'm glad you've played along with me for all of five minutes now. I can't believe we've actually discussed India, Sri Lanka for this long. <laughs> um, you know, because it was actually a joke, uh, but. The sledging gives us a, a good way into the Ashes uh, series, obviously. Um, we were all expecting, or maybe hoping, for a more dramatic denouement today. We, we, we all long for the days of five-day tests that last five days, and you get a result in the final session, but never seems to happen. And, and, and of course, today, uh, I think both of us were expecting more fireworks, but then by the time we, we actually checked the score, the match was over. Yeah. So I flew off from Shanghai this morning to Beijing, and by the time I landed, the game was more or less over. I think, yeah. I think the, the Brits-English guys were seven down. So mm-hmm. I, mean, I think it was a great test. I mean, I think there were great moments in Brisbane as well. I think the first three days were, could have gone either way. And I think it's just Australia could push through in those conditions. Um, I was actually quite nervous this morning when I woke up. Mm-hmm. I thought the way Joe Root batted last night... Uh, in a day four, the evening on day four, sorry, I should say. It's all very confusing. It's day-night cricket. Um, yeah. He was really determined. Um, if somebody could have just stuck around with him, you know, Mo has a hit, scores a few runs, you get close to it. But just, yeah, just in the end, I think Hazelwood came good. He bowled really well on, this, on, this, on the last morning, so he yeah. went through. Yeah, I, know, I mean, you like to think it might happen, um, but then, you know, no one's... No one really chases more than three hundred very often, and mm-hmm. you don't, you know, under under lights. Not with a pink ball, you don't. No, well, that pink ball, you know, jags around. It's uh, it's it's moving all over the place. The pink kookaburra. So, um, it's not surprising. Uh, England, you know, frankly, didn't deserve a result. They 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 didn't play well enough. I don't think on the first two days. 
Um, and, you know, I guess you can probably say England 2-0 down. They haven't played particularly badly. I actually think mm. they've had better than them. I don't think Australia played brilliantly. But it's almost a predictable scoreline. Yeah, I think so too. I think you're right. And let's, let's not forget, Arun, it is number three versus number five. This is a mid-table clash. It this is, is not... This is. Is not 2005 series. It's, it's not India um, v Sri Lanka. Let's be honest. It's not India v Sri Lanka, yes. Um, <laughs> it's not West Indies not, versus New Zealand. Yeah, it's not Harath versus um, Jadeja or, you know, whatever. So, um, But what about some of these players? I'm going to ask you a question, Arun. Like, who are some of these guys? I mean, Matthew Hayden's been very vocal about asking this question. Uh, you know, David Milan or D- David. David. Sorry, it's yeah. not David. It's David. You've got to get the South African um, pronunciation. Of course, he's not a South African, is he? Um, <laughs> Just like Jonathan Trott, he did well last time. Yeah. Um, mm. you know, there's a whole bunch of these players they brought out, and they don't. I mean, Gary Balance has been in and out about the team for years, not really breaking through. Yeah. What do you think about the um, the batting I mean, and the bowling? You know, actually, the, so if you look at the England eleven, the which I did and which I have done recently, there's a number of players that I would have to agree with Matthew Hayden. Uh, and it's not often <laughs> I find myself agreeing. <laughs> Anyone agrees with him? With Matthew Hayden, you know, he's not—he's not the kind of guy where you kind of say, "Wow, that—he that, talks a lot of sense." Matthew right. Hayden, I'm—I'm <laughs> I'm really on board with that. Um, I think there's a few things at play here. One, um, despite all appearances, to the contrary, I am getting older, and uh, you know, it's harder for us to keep up to date. I think with um, with all of the new the new youngsters coming in. Right, so you got guys like Stoneman, Vince, Milan, um, uh, Overton, Jake Ball. Yeah, uh, he was discarded quickly, wasn't he, Jake Ball? Yeah, he was. Right, so yeah, the Jake Ball era is, is perhaps perhaps over um, already. But you know, you've got so you've got a lot of these these players coming through. They're not household names by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but the other, the big issue, really, and I think I'm not sure Matthew Hayden was was necessarily talking about this but the big issue is that uh english cricket is not shown on uh, terrestrial television anymore mm. um so a big a big contrast with australian cricket right the australian summer is on channel nine channel nine but yeah thank and, and it gives us that you know the best commentary that's right around, it really know, does it's a kind of shakespearean level of of discourse it really does um but because of that you know it's a small it's it, it is still a it's, it's a small and possibly dwindling audience for English cricket hmm. and so it's very well known if you compare it you mentioned the 2005 series if you compare it to that year which was really the peak that was the moment when cricket had its chance to really stake a claim hmm. in this kind of era where the hmm. premiership rules everything in England hmm. everyone in the public knew every single player in that team you had heroes like um Flintoff and and um, Michael, Michael Vaughan, Vaughan, you know Englishman Strassi. like Kevin Peterson, yeah, obviously, yeah. Um, and of course you know fearsome spin bowlers like Ashley Giles. <laughs> um, uh, you may you may laugh, but you know he got rid of so many Australians he in that really series did. when that ball pitched outside leg stump. <laughs> Too bad they didn't have DRS then. <laughs> Pitching outside there again. <laughs> yeah. The, the, Henry Burfeld to call him the, the, the wheelie bin. Really <laughs> um, but you know that but was. I the think moment. Jerry Wycock called him a buffet bowler. Right. You help yourself, right? That that was the moment for, for English cricket, and it, that was the moment when it, they took it off. Net, you know, terrestrial TV. That was when the ECB and its mm. infinite wisdom took the money, put it yeah. on Sky. And now you have a situation where I think you have a lot of players that 
are not well known. Um, now, it's not so much an issue for... I mean, I don't know, you tell me, is it an issue for the Australian public that they don't know who these players are? For the for the, do they don't know who the English players are? Yeah, I, mean, I suspect I think, it's 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 I think more most, pronounced than usual. I think most of the Australian most of the Australians are quite parochial and probably only care about their own players. Mm. But but they probably never heard of most of these guys. And I think Matthew Hayden was being facetious, but obviously that's probably true. Mm. I think the great thing that's happened in Australia in the last couple of years is two things on in the cricket area. Test match cricket is still on Channel 9, despite the commentary. Terrific. Yeah. Um, anybody listening to BT commentary has been great. That's the only commentary I can get in, the, in, the, in China, and it's been fantastic. Yeah. A really diverse team there. Um, mm. But also the Big Bash. Right. And the Big Bash has been on Channel 10, mm-hmm. and that's also free to air. And everybody at home has that Big Bash on. I think it starts next week, goes for two or three weeks. Everybody at, during summer, around 6 p.m. at night, they're always watching the Big Bash. Interesting. And they get to have access to all these players who are emerging. Yeah. So they're not in the national team, but they're in the sort of like uh, Sheffield Shield teams. There are some international players. I wonder if Stokes is coming over. I, I don't think he is, but but maybe who knows? Um, Where in the Stokes world is Ben Stokes? Where in the world is Ben Stokes? He's in New Zealand still, I guess. But we he agreed is. not to talk about New Zealand on this show uh, it's, it's, tonight. It's really the only bit of New Zealand cricket worth discussing right now. I think is is, is the Ben Stokes league match. Wouldn't it be great if Ben Stokes was playing for New Zealand? I well, mean, I mean, that boost sure, their team. Well, I'm sure a lot, a lot of New Zealanders. Think that, but then if you start, if you, I mean, Darren, if you start listing all of the English cricketers who could be playing for other countries, um, <laughs> never ends. I'm not sure we want to go down there. So I think also with T20 cricket, that hasn't been as big, I don't think, in the UK as it has been well, in, it's also in, in on, India or Australia. Or also, it's on satellite TV. It's on cable it? TV. It's right. on Sky. So uh, when I lived in England, I could watch it on Sky. But you never heard anyone saying that they were watching the T20. It's, it's mm. got bigger as a, as a spectator sport in terms of people taking their mm. kids to it. Mm. It's done quite well. Mm. Um, although, uh, but you know, it's still not seen as, as, a, as like a legitimate rival to football. So I'm all about, I love test cricket and it's my favourite my favorite right. version of cricket. I, I think but I love the it. innovation. So yeah. I think the day-night day, day, test, they've just got 200,000 people through the gates in Adelaide, which is incredible. Yeah. And th- the great thing about it is the conditions change under lights. They really mm. do. So when you have a dry, dry deck in the afternoon, it dries out. As soon as the sun goes down, there may be some clouds come out. Even if they don't, then the pink ball starts moving around. I think that changes the whole dynamic of cricket and makes it more exciting. Mm. People can go after work or take an afternoon off work, go a bit early and go and watch the cricket. Yeah. And you see by the viewership numbers, every year the viewership numbers have been the highest for the day-night test. And I think we need to start experimenting with four-day tests and looking at different ways to really bring the game back. I, ha- I hate these traditionalists who don't want to change anything. Mm. I believe you keep the essence of cricket, but at the same time, you need to have that kind of mindset about you know looking at new innovations. Really? And I think they're I'm trying still to do that. upset that they reduced it from eight ball to six ball overs. I, and what about timeless tests? Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I just, <laughs> these newfangled, these newfangled innovations. I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, but going back to the sort of the issue about English, you know, the England cricket team, I think so. Part of it is down to the fact that I just think they they are they are much less exposed than they were a decade ago. The other issue I think is just that you know English cricket is in a state of flux. You've got um, really a transitional period from these kind of you know giants of of this era of um, you know Flintoff and and Peterson and. Um, Jimmy Anderson, although he's still there, Anderson and Broad still there, but so now you, you you've got a younger generation coming through, and a lot of places in that team are still up for grabs, and 
their performances, I guess, are showing us why, right? Their batting lineup is not mm. really settled. Mm. And then beyond Jimmy Anderson, who's 35, mm. and Stuart Broad, who's also pushing 30 and hasn't bowled mm. particularly well in this series, mm. you can't really say the bowling lineup is settled, right? Mm. Uh, I mean, a moment we should sure. discuss Jimmy Anderson, who, despite being 35 and a player I like to describe as a green top bully, uh, did pretty well, actually. Green Adelaide. top bully, he has 500 test wickets. Um, yeah, but, you know, he, Jim, uh, look, when uh, the ball swings, if you play enough tests in England... You... <laughs> uh, I think you're being very harsh, Arun. I think Jimmy Anderson's a good cricketer, and people, okay. people in Australia love him, too. Well, next time um, we discuss Virat Kohli's record, he's a pretty good. that up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's a he's a pretty good he's a pretty good sledger, Jimmy, and I think he has oh. he has great hair too. Um, yeah. He yeah. he looks good. He's a fit man. He's still bowling very well. Um, look, I, I think it's a real problem with their pace in, at the moment in Australia. If you if you look at yeah. last night, if you saw what um, you know Stark came out, even Hazelwood was bowling quickly. They're all now, yeah, they're yeah. all in like one forties, one fifty. That's really fast in Australia. Yeah. We have flat decks, yeah. so and you even saw in the subcontinent, um, Cummins was a handful in India to be honest because of his pace. That was it. Yeah, he takes the pitch um, out of the equation. So I think you're right. When it's when it's in the subcontinent, I think it's a struggle for Jimmy uh, and these kind of bowlers to bowl well. Although there. Um, Jimmy Anderson bowled really well uh, on the England tour um, when they beat India, which yeah, was yeah. what 2012-2013, I think it was. When England won two one, um, that's right. Jimmy Anderson was actually the difference. That team was the Indian team was rubbish sides. then, though, wasn't it? Uh, it was. It was at that moment when they had the the that fabled batting lineup was really on its last legs. KP was, was and Strauss. Not, no, the Indian. Oh yes. Lineup. It was kind of Tendulkar's one of his last series. Yes. I think Sehwag was still around. That's they were really on their last. A legs. bit like two thousand and five with the with the uh, with the Australian team mm. and and England. Meanwhile, had KP and Cook. Mm. And all firing. Of that. They were really firing. Um, no, I, I don't want to, to disparage Jimmy Anderson. He's, I think, you know, he's literally the best seam bowler of the past decade, right? He's, he's an incredibly skilled bowler. But I do think it's a problem for England that they are relying on him to take yeah. um, the bulk of their wickets. Although I didn't mind Overton. I, I had a look at Overton on the TV. Uh, well, he's just really spells. slow, as, as we were told. I thought he was actually okay. So, so let's see how he does. I mean, it's his first run out. I thought he batted really well. He fielded well. He, he seemed to be up for it. I liked his character. Yeah. He was really into the into the fight, which I liked a lot. So yeah, he did um, all right. See. He does bowl below eighty, though. Then again, oh. so does Jimmy Anderson. Yeah, so it's not all about pace. McGrath was not was not was only about eighty. Let's be honest. Early you early. You can get 130s. wickets with military medium. I mean, and, and look, McGrath my, my, bowled in his, my entire can. cricket career has been based on this. Nude spinners, you mean? The one that doesn't turn and go straight on. Oh yeah, the Robert. <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the non-spinning. It's been a, no, but coming back to... You mentioned something about Jimmy Anderson, which I thought was very interesting, and we should discuss this. You said he was a very good sledger, mm. and I've often found that about Jimmy Anderson. And in fact, it's one of the things I, I dislike about him. I mm. think he sledges far too much. I'm not a, a fan of sledging. I don't believe mm. it really adds anything to the game. Um, I agree with, with you know, Graham Swan and, and, and others who, who actually just think players should shut up mm. and get on with it. Thought it was a little rich for Jimmy Anderson to come out and uh, and have a go at the Australians for uh, yeah I think it's hilarious for their sledging. It's um it really is funny and I think I think there was some heated exchange I think on the on the evening of day three between uh you know Steve Smith when he was batting and Jimmy Anderson came and fielded a really weird short mid on did you see that he was oh, basically right. a meter away from Steve Smith and I think they were going at each other and I thought I thought that got ugly um, and to your point earlier Rune I think I think it's not a good look for for kids watching that kind of stuff you know I've played cricket at all different kinds of levels. Um, 
you know, a good fun chirp is okay and, you know, having a bit of a go at somebody. But when you get really personal and nasty, I, yeah. I don't find that a good way to I think to a be. joke is fine. Yeah. Right? And I've, I've been in... I've had... I mean, you, you, you can... You can come across really refined sense of humor sometimes on a cricket pitch. I'm always amazed, actually. Yeah, so, so I think I think remember the Jimmy Anderson thing with the broken arm last time. Right. Yeah. Do you know how it started? Just, yeah, we're gonna. gonna you know, break George Bailey was fielding at. Um, I thought it was a great sledge from George Bailey. He's yeah. fielding. He's he's fielding at. Um, um, short square leg, right? Yeah. And he starts singing the the, the Jimmy Anderson song, the Barmy Army song, and yeah. I think that's kind of fun. Whereas I think they get they get very personal. And you hear, you hear, you know, F words exchanged and this and that. I think that's not, that's not a nice place to be. And let's be honest, the umpires hear all of this. Yeah. And so they are culpable as well. And they're bringing in like a yellow card thing now, I think. Oh, are they? Um, they're mulling it over, or they should be. Right. Um, they have to do it. I think if somebody goes across the line and they need to make it very clear, they can be sent off, yeah. right? Um, no, I know, like, like, I know. like in every sport, right? Yeah, I, I just, the other thing is so much of it is really inane. Yeah, it is. You know, it's not even clever. It's mm. just, it's just stupid. And I, yeah, I'm not a fan. But anyway, um, we, we, we move on from, from sledging to, uh, we have to discuss headbutt gate. Um, we do. So for anyone who, I, I can't imagine how, if you've made it this far in the podcast, <laughs> I can't imagine how you're not aware of headbutt gate, but uh, uh, Johnny Bairstow, um whilst uh, socializing in a Perth bar, Runs into um, Cameron Bancroft, new Australian opener. Rather than rather than shaking his hand and saying hello, he decides to give him a friendly headbutt. I mean, what's the big deal, Darren? We've all been there, surely. Look, we've all been there. It's it's really a storm in a teacup, and we've all got friends who headbutt. I've never been there. <laughs> we've, I've, you know, I have. I know the South African guy uh, from Taiwan when I was playing cricket in Taiwan. He did the same thing. Oh, really? I met him in a bar one night. Instead of shaking my hand or giving me a high five or whatever, he gave me a headbutt. Wow. But it wasn't in the nose. It was a headbutt sort of, you know, forehead to forehead. I, I think that's and, what and, Johnny and like, and did. Like, exactly. And like Bancroft said, he thought it was weird yeah. and uncomfortable. He didn't think there was anything wrong with it. I mean, they started, they were talking apparently after that. Yeah. And we get along great with this, this guy's a friend of mine now. But he, that was his way of greeting, which yeah. is just bizarre and weird. But you know who else does it? Toddlers. They do too. Toddlers do. Toddlers. So are, you making, are you making a statement about Johnny Besto? I'm just saying. I'm just. It's a, it's a behavioural observation. I was actually making a statement about your friend, but no, it's a, it's it's a behavioural observation. Go on, Johnny. You know, it, it, so mm. I don't know. Maybe it's a thing. They tried to say it was it was common in Yorkshire, and I don't know. I lived for Yorkshire in in for four years as a student, and uh, you know when you've been when you've been headbutt. Yeah. In Yorkshire, let me say. And it's not a form of a, they a friendly, have asked, it's not a friendly greeting. They should have asked Jeffrey Boycott. Yeah. And look, I think the way the England team handled it was pathetic. Yeah. That when, when poor Johnny was wheeled up in front of the press to read that statement, have you re- have you seen that? Yeah. It's the most yeah. banal, ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. They should have just made light of it and explained what it was. Yeah. But they tried to avoid the you know the word headbutt. It was terrible crisis management. Absolutely terrible. And it was nothing at all. Yeah. I felt that Steve Smith um, found the whole thing rather too amusing. Yeah. I, I didn't know what was that, was all, all that about. He was laughing far too hard, yeah. almost as if he was trying to turn it into something. I think Cameron Bancroft was quite funny in his he delivery. Was good, he but, was funny, but, but Smith was a bit yeah. you know, over the top. And it, and it came across to me as being a little bit condescending to the England team and a little bit disrespectful. I thought it was like very childish as the Australian captain. Yeah. You'd expect more than that. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, because, a couple of smokes. It was funny the way he was telling the story. I mean, Australian captains are well-known yeah. paragons of virtue. Let's be <laughs> they honest. They really are. 
you know, Ricky, Ricky Ponting. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, they're all in the Channel 9 commentary Shane, box. Shane Warne, almost. Right? Um, they're yeah. all in the Channel 9 commentary they box, are. where, as, as we've remarked before, if, if, you're, if you need a fix um, of, of um, you know, high-level repartee and wit, you would, you, the only place to go, I, I would suggest, is to listen to the Channel 9 commentary, because yeah. it is, it's, you know, it's, the level of conversation is... It's, um, I mean, do people well, enjoy this in Australia, the, the Channel 9 commentary box? Well, I guess they run the numbers, right? It must respond to numbers. But, I'm, but I must say, I have been watching the uh, BT Sport feed and also Test Match Special, which I find mm. much more interesting. And they have such great voices like Aggers and Alison Mitchell. And, well, they have women. Oh, of course, they used to have blowers, yeah. Yeah. which the Channel 9 crew doesn't really have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of the commentators on the Australian side and the Channel 9 team are really really cheerleaders versus being commentators. It's kind of annoying. It's but they do have, on BD Sport, they do have actually Gilchrist and Ricky Ponting, who was actually a very good commentator. So, Quite thoughtful. I always yeah. thought, um, is it Michael Clark when he yeah. did? He's, he's, he's a pretty good... Yeah. I've always thought he's pretty thoughtful. He's very thoughtful. Obviously, you've got Jim Maxwell. And Ian Chappell is very thoughtful as well. He's a very, he was yeah. a very good captain. He has very good insights on captaincy, yeah. I think. But the rest of them... Yeah. I don't know. Thumbs down. Thumbs down. Yeah. It, it is... And it does seem like they've just taken... The kind of dressing room banter, yeah, onto the airwaves, yeah, and um, I think they could they could really improve that. But what do what, what do I know? Maybe this is what resounds with the Australian I, public. I and who it, am I to disparage? I think I think maybe maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe the public in the UK are more kind of middle class. Then um, sucking on a lemon. I don't know. Are they? Then <laughs> um, well. Uh, maybe the cricketing audiences. I don't know because yeah, it is saying. smaller. It's a smaller. Whereas you know, audience. cricket in Australia is really the number one, the number one sport in summer, and everyone you know, everyone plays it and watches it. So it's it's a broad audience, right? Yeah. Okay, so have we discussed the Ashes in enough detail? Do you think? I think we have, but we haven't really talked about Perth and going forward. Do you, ah, how, yes, how do we think they'll do for the rest of the three three it, tests? So I'll, let me ask you a question: Is the Wacker still the fastest wicket in the world? Because you know, there was this period where it was kind of lightning pace. And now, whenever the Wacker test rolls around, you have all these old heads going, well, it's not as fast as it was in my day. Yeah, I think a lot of the pitches now are drop-in. I'm not sure about the Wacker. But though, we can talk about it, because I'm going to Perth next week for the test. Oh. I will be there live. Are you going to report from I will be reporting on live. location? I will be reporting on location. Wow. Um, okay. And so I'm pretty excited about it. It's the last test, of course, at the Wacker. Um, going forward, all the test matches have moved to this new stadium, which is kind of a trend now in Australia, which is unfortunate. So people are talking a lot about the pace of the Wacker. I don't believe it's that quick anymore. But it's still probably quicker um, than 95% of cricket grounds around the world, right? Probably, I would imagine. probably 99%. 99%. Yeah, but they, absolutely. Yeah. You, you so think maybe Centurion... I'll be walking around that when I'm sitting my gin and tonic in the member stand mm. next weekend. Um, we can probably have a call and connect on that. We should definitely get you on after a few gin and tonics. <laughs> I think that would be, I think probably the optimum result for cricket ultras. Um, well, let's see. I might be able to rope in some guests too when I'm the roving reporter. Well, you know, if you can, I mean, you know, Bob Hawke may well be in the crowd. He might be dining a beer in the crowd, mightn't he? <laughs> I'm sure, he would be a very colourful guest to have on the show. I see Merv Hughes. Yeah. They often show him. In the Merv, Merv brings his uh, his his fanatics and his his tour parties. I think he has he, he's, a tour party. I think he was doing that while selecting the team. Which, uh, gee, I was watching some of the some of the uh, footage from the eighties and nineties. Gee, they were fit, weren't they? Some of those guys playing for Australia, they were real athletes. 
Yeah. And in the UK too. You could say that about... It's a diff- different era. Yeah, you could say that about, about every team, I think, from that era. So, I mean, well, talking about, the, you know, in terms of the Wacker test match forecast, mm. it's hard to see... It's hard to see England getting a result. Um, look, a I think, I think, look, I think they've got to bat first and perhaps be more, I would say, positive in their approach. I mean, I think they've, they haven't really done that in the first two tests. And it's, the only lifeline is to have a big score in the first innings. I mean, they're not going to do it if they bat second, I don't think. So mm-hmm. I think if they bat first, they'll put a, could possibly put a big score on the board. And maybe they can turn it around. They've showed glimpses. It was, you know, there's been some great spells of bowling. There's been some interesting batting. I, I think it's there, but if they could put it together on one day or two days, yeah. it would be interesting for they us. Need, they just need more than, than to win. I mean, in this test match, they won what, two, maybe three sessions. Yeah. Um, and that's not enough. Ben Stokes, I think you probably have to assume he's not going to make it. I don't know. We'll see. You would expect there to be some changes in the, uh, in yeah. the England bowling attack. They're talking about um, maybe bringing in Mark Wood. Really? If, if he can prove his fitness because he's quick. Yeah, he's, so who they drop in? He's who quicker. They drop? I don't know who they drop because... I thought Wokes showed some good signs. Yeah, Wokes has, um, has played well, I thought. You, you, might, you might swap him for Overton, I think. Uh, I think they've got a real problem with their spinning option. I think Moanelli doesn't really know how to bowl in Australia at the moment. It seems he's very robotic in his action. Well, he's, um, um, he's not... He's never been a frontline spinner. I think he's, he's taken... a very talented cricketer. Yeah, sure. But he is. he's he's never been a frontline spinner. I think he's carrying an injury. Yeah. And he's... he, I just don't think he has he has the know how or the experience mm. to be the frontline spinner mm. for England in Australia. And what about the batting lineup? Well, again, they they haven't played enough. I they haven't played enough Test match. Cricket. I think they'll keep Stoneman and Cook in. Yeah. Um, of course, Root. I, I think they might look at the number three position. I think Vince did okay in Brisbane, mm. right? But he, he looked all out of sorts here. And I think a lot of batsmen looked out of sorts in Adelaide if we're fair under the pink ball. So they might give him another shot. Um, I don't know if they'll bring back balance or uh, there's another guy called, is Adam Lyth on tour? No, not Lyth, another guy. No, Lyth is not in the I, team. I, I don't think they'll be bringing in anybody else. No. I just can't see it happening. There is someone else in the team, but as, as we've discussed. Again, um, who is he? Is another guy called Lyle or somebody? Something. <laughs> there is, there Sorry. Is. I should know his name. The, the well, cricket bad, ultra is bad, well known for its encyclopedic bad. knowledge of the English cricket squad. It's not Adam Lyth at all. Um, is it? I but I feel I feel like we represent the average fan in that there are players in the England cricket squad who most people just have no idea who they are. Yes, yeah, so, right? I just can't see unless Stokes came back and Wood. You might put those guys in, but I can't see anybody else in that, that putting, um, putting them in. So we've got. Um, so we're having a look at the England squad because it's kind of in-depth research that I think the Cricket Ultras will, will make its name on. Um, we, we're reliably informed that there's a gentleman by the name of T. Curran. Uh, I, I assume you're, you're, you're well-versed in his career, Darren. Yeah, it. I thought it was interesting when they announced the squad that they didn't put any initials in front of anybody else's name except for this guy. <laughs> um, so I don't know what that means. Maybe, I don't know. Is he, see, this is where... Is know, he a ringer? Is it, do you is, think it a code, is it a code word? Is, that, is it Stokesy? 
That stokes his brother or something. <laughs> you, are you suggesting T. Curran is just made up? Yeah, I think it's pretty made up. Because, you know, it's, he sounds like a cricketer, doesn't he? Because there was obviously there was Kevin Curran. Yeah, like, like one of those uh, Xbox games or something, like T. Curran opening the batting. Is he from Zimbabwe or something? <laughs> FIFA. <laughs> well, they, well, they don't have the rights to someone. Right. So they, they just make up a player. Yeah. Lionel Jesse. <laughs> and I, I, and all, full apologies to Mr. Curran, wherever well, you are. And if the, you're listening to this podcast, I'm very sorry. Yeah, well, I'm sure, you know, his, you'll be hearing from, from his lawyers. Um, <laughs> but you could say the same. I suspect about their reserve wicketkeeper, whose name I kid you not is Folks. You mean Folksy? <laughs> um, is he a head batter too? He's a wicketkeeper as well. I don't know if he, is he is he Johnny's understudy. No, but so I do mean, they bring in him as a keeper and then let Johnny bat? Well, they might do. I mean, but then you'd have a situation where you could potentially have Stokes, Wokes, and Folks. <laughs> In the eleven, all betting in the same in the order, right? From six, seven, eight. In the eleven, and and I don't They're know about you. They're betting five, six, and seven. I don't know about you, but that uh, I don't know. That sounds like overkill. It does to sound me. Like it has to go. This 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 England squad is in danger of becoming overbalanced. Well, it's like yes, <laughs> it really is. It's like the Mitchell problem they used to have in Australia, right? Oh, well, the that's, Mitchell Marsh and Mitchell Stark. Well, that's because everyone. That's because Australians love naming their son Mitchell, right? Yeah, they, I they mean, really that, do. that's the problem. Mitchell. <laughs> uh, actually, and. Uh, <laughs> On that note, uh, Mitchell Marsh, uh, I'm reliably informed, because I have numerous sources in and around the Australian setup, uh, is being seriously considered for you mean, a recall. You mean they're going to bring him in for Hanscom? That's, uh, he's, he's in contention because, uh, who's the Australian selector? Mark Waugh. Oh, you know, junior. Um, junior. He, he said, we want a batting all-rounder at the Wacker who bowls seam up. So um, it's not um, Hilton Cart, right? Because he can barely get one twenty k's. Right. It's, um, well, it's, it's got to be. So it's maybe, maybe it's Marsh, maybe right? it's Mar- it's a horses for courses type deal where they bring in Marsh and they drop Hanscom. But I think Hanscom. you know Hanscom. He's you'd have to say he'd be unlucky to be dropped. I mean, he's averaging fifty. He's had a great start to his career. They might drop him for for Perth. You get the impression Jimmy Anderson may have found him out, and Jimmy Anderson's very good at working working batsmen over. Especially when the wicket's seeming seeming. Yeah, he's uh, he's, he's just yeah. well, he's such yeah. an accurate bowler. He's very good at that. Um, the only other, I suppose, uh, contender I s- would be Glenn Maxwell, who's scoring runs for fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think he would be a contender, but I, I think... But he's a spin bowler, right? Yeah. Uh, so he, well, he's, he's not really bowling very much. He bowl he's a part-time much? spin bowler. He bowls yeah. a bit in T20 and one-day cricket. Right. Um, yeah, and he's been hitting some runs in, in Australia as well, but he's been inconsistent. Yeah, e- either one of those two. Otherwise, I wouldn't be surprised if they stick with him for this next game. But I, I do worry about the Australian attack with just three fast bowlers. You know, if one of those guys breaks down, well, that's the they're going to be in big shit. Yeah, that is um, a concern. And let's be let's, let's be honest, they bowl quick and rapidly. It's very easy for them to get a, a niggle on the back or a side strain. Um, that's why I think they're worried about it. And I think when they had Shane Watson, paid him to get through a few good overs. Um, and, and great for DRS. And, and, he was and brilliant. the Barmy Army, they loved him. <laughs> I mean, you would never have proven the DRS technology without right. the, the, the valiant efforts. Yes, he had some of, great memes about him, didn't he? <laughs> of Shane Watson. Okay, so I think that probably is enough on, on the Ashes. So the Wacker test is coming up. We, we will have um, Darren Burns on location. We'll, we'll get you on, uh, on Skype. Uh, hopefully you'll have some special guests in tow um, to discuss the, all of the action from the Wacker. I may well be in India at this point. When is the, the Wacker test match? With... It starts on the 14th of December to oh, the 18th. Oh, so I will. I'll actually be in South India. Uh, but I've checked, and I'm pretty sure India are not playing uh, any matches while I'm travelling. Uh, but we will, we will certainly record the next episode 
of the Cricket Ultras then, episode two, uh, or maybe even episode three, who knows? Uh, it, 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 I mean, this could be our last episode. Let's see. <laughs> Let's see how things go. Yeah. Um, but Darren, thank you for your time. It's, it's been a pleasure. Uh, it's always good to see you, and it's good to be here in Beijing. Thank you, Arun, and um, talk to you soon. <laughs>